This is episode 98 of Fractured Skulls. We're just two away from the big 100 monoxide. Unbelievable that we made it this far. It's crazy. It's a miracle. We had to sit through a lot of shit, and unfortunately, the uh, the shit just keeps on coming, but we'll get to that in just a few moments. Just a few moments. Terminator Travis alongside Monoxide. It is past midnight, July 31st. We're already halfway through the year. We're halfway through 2022. My mom used to always tell me that when she got old, that the second she blinked, she turned 45. It's like, she ain't freaking kidding at all. Damn. Seems like the older we get, the quicker time goes. I know. It's it's, it's creeping up. It's creeping us on us pretty fast. My mama always said, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. And that's going to transition to our first news story. You're a big fan of Forrest Gump, aren't you? I, I do like the movie, yes. Well, you may like this even more because it's getting a remake. That's good news. That is good news. Forrest Gump is being remade in India, in Bollywood. Titled Lal Sin Shaha. God, I know I'm putting the hell out of it, but yes, there we're getting a Bollywood remake of Forrest Gump. It, it'll star Amir Khan in the role of basically their version of Forrest Gump. Obviously, they made changes to fit their culture. But I'm very interested in seeing this film. It's going to be coming out on August 11th, I believe. Another, uh, yeah, August 11th is going to get a. That's the release date for the United States. It's already been released over there. Um, I'm very curious to see how this film turns out. I've actually seen a few Bollywood films. I'm familiar with the main actor that's basically basically playing their version of Forrest Gump, Amir Khan. He did a film. I believe it's on Netflix called Three Idiots. I watched a few string of Bollywood movies trying to impress this girl. Eh, spoilers, it didn't happen. You know, didn't work out. But I was happy that I got exposed to these movies. You know, because it was something different. I never really sat through a Bollywood film before. But I'm very curious to sit through their version of Forrest Gump to see how they do it. Obviously, remakes are done all over the world. You know, the United States has done remakes of other foreign films. We, we even reviewed one of them, The Ring. So I'm very curious to see how they do a movie that, you know, we made famous, basically. Lal Sin Chata is what it's called. So I want to see how that's good news. <laughs> you don't think this will be a good movie? Uh, usually movies that get remade, for the most part, are never good. The most True. part. Just saying. Oh. We've never seen a, a remaster version from Bollywood. Maybe things will be different. Wow. You're very... Uh, I, said, uh, I said maybe. Yeah, that's a lot more optimism than I would ever see in myself. So if this film was to drop on Netflix, would you check it out? Would you be curious? No. No? No curiosity at all? Let me... You've already said it's a Bollywood film. So, like, a Bollywood version of Forrest Gump, like, what am I to take from that? I don't watch Bollywood movies. I know of Bollywood. Not something I've indulged in. But to take Forrest Gump and make it Bollywood, it's like, what am I supposed to get from that? 
Ah, just a different take, just to see how they would handle this story. Right. If you, if they would have done the sequel that you told me about, that I would have been curious with, because of the setup and all that mumbo jumbo. But the fact that we didn't get that because of nine eleven, like, why do we need a Bollywood version of Forrest Gump? Like. What exactly are they going to do different other than add the Bollywood spin to it? Well, it's the same thing whenever we remake horror movies from Japan or South Korea. It's like, you know, what can we do better? We tend to fuck those up too. Yeah. Yeah, we fuck up our own. We fuck up our own remakes of our own creations. Exactly. So it's like, what's the need of a remake? It's almost like when a porn movie tries to parody actual movie like Lord of the Rings or some shit. You just comp- <laughs> what a comparison. I'm saying like I, I don't see I, I don't see Jet their version of Jenny but hey Forrest or or hey Lawson <laughs> she takes her top off. Yeah are they gonna have a, a like that's another thing a, a culture over there is different. So are they gonna have a Jenny going around sleeping around with a bunch of people and then catching AIDS? Well, they're going to have to... I don't know. I'm curious to see how they do it. Obviously, they, they're not going to use the war of Vietnam for the war scene. I believe they're using some other battle from their uh, their country that they're going to use for that scene. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to have a black militant group like Forrest met up with. or Yeah, because Jenny was dating one of the black civil rights activists in that film. Yeah. Uh, are they going to have a uh, Lieutenant Dan... Lieutenant, well, yeah, they'll probably have their version of Lieutenant Dan. I, I don't see that being uh, an issue. And and what's his name, Bubba, the guy that inspires Bubba Gump, Shrimp. Yeah, Bubba. Yeah, the lisp. Yeah, I'm curious. I'm I'm gonna have to do some research just so I can like understand some of their uh, pop culture, their culture references that are gonna make in that movie. So it's gonna be interesting. I'm again. I I am curious to check it out. I'm not gonna go out of my like. I'm not gonna hunt it down. But if it drops on any streaming platform like a Netflix or something, and you know, if I got like, it's gonna be a long movie. Bollywood films are always long. Like it's probably like three hours. You know, I'll be willing to you know split into like many parts because you know, foreign films. Whenever you know that when you gotta watch the subtitles on screen, it's that's a commitment. Like it's you know you can't really play on your phone while the movie's going on. You really got to you really have to commit yourself to sit there and read, and that can be an issue for some people. Yeah, but, but I'm, willing, I'm willing to do it. It's a remake. I don't trust it, whether it's Bollywood or us. Okay, fair enough. And that's our first news story. Our second news story: MGM has lost the filming rights to Tomb Raider. So now any studio could just swap up the Tomb Raider film rights and make their own Tomb Raider movie. It seemed like MGM was going to make a sequel. I know they recently made a Tomb Raider film just a couple years ago. It seemed like everyone forgot about it. A film that just came and gone. And I think they wanted to make a sequel. I'm not sure how that Tomb Raider film did in theaters, but it's, but the sequel never really got off the grounds. And now they uh, didn't really seem to care enough to renew their Tomb Raider, Raider film rights. And now it's on the market. Any studio could just swap it and get it. You want it? Eh, eh. It's Tomb Like, Tomb Raider was super big in the late 90s, but... And it made somewhat of a comeback around the mid-2000s. 
2010s. But Tomb Raider's not really that big, right? I, I mean, I guess Laura Croft is still an iconic video game character that women could dress up as. Other than uh, Samus from Metroid. But, I don't know. The movies themselves weren't that great, were they? The ones with Angelina Jolie and... Honestly, I've, this last one. I've seen that Angelina Jolie film once, and I can't even remember what it was about. No, it's a Tomb Raider film. That's all you need to know. Yeah, I just, I just figured out oh, it's probably like Indiana, like Raiders of the Lost Ark or something. Probably just this time with a female lead. Yeah, but I, I, I never cared for those movies growing up. I don't even think I, I think that's the only one I saw. I didn't see the new one. I didn't see. I know the Jolie one got a sequel. I didn't see that one. And the original has been so long, I can't even remember it. Yeah, never had any interest in watching them. Yeah, same. It's video games turned into movies. You already know it's going to be a disaster. Yeah, for the yeah, for the most part. I, speaking of video games, stay away from Netflix's Resident Evil. It is a terrible show. It's not even it's so bad, it's good quality to it. It's just a bad show. Why the fuck is it so hard to do a a live-action Resident Evil movie or series? It's not that hard. I guess we're not going to do the review with uh, what's-her-face. Anto, if Anto. she really wants to do it, I would be okay. I would be on board. Please. Please don't want to do it, please. For all, like literally, if there's one thing, if there's one time where I want somebody to not want to do something, it's right now. Please, please don't have the urge to want to review this with us because then I have to be subjugated to this shit. I haven't even seen the, the other Resident Evil, the new one, Welcome to Raccoon City. I, I haven't seen that yet either. Oh, God. I'm afraid to watch that because I know eventually I'm going to run into it. And then and run away from it after you see it. Yeah, I'm gonna run into it. And I'm gonna run away from it. Once I ran to you, oh, now I'll run from you. This time boy could give you. Take my tears and that's not nearly. Oh, tainted oh. love. <laughs> yeah, you want to talk about tainted? Talk about the resident of you. Sure. Yeah. Well, our next news story, we're going to, I guess they're going to expand the Rocky Cinematic Universe. We got Creed 3 coming out soon, which will not feature Sylvester Stallone. Uh, I don't know. That's going to really do well. But Michael B. Jordan is going to be directing that film. And he's going to start returning to the Creed character. But that's not the only film they're going to be doing. We're going to have a Drago solo film. Really? Focusing on Drago's son. Victor you haven't seen, Drago? Uh, you haven't seen uh, Creed 2, have you? I did see Creed 2. You know, Victor did not have the colorful personality that Ivan had, even though Ivan was, like, very serious in Rocky IV. He did not stick out like a sore thumb, like Ivan Drago did. Uh, so, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I do feel bad for it character because obviously his character he's very dejected he loves his dad Ivan but Ivan is trying to win back the respect of Russia but even uh, Victor knows that these fucking people turned on him the second he lost his fight to Rocky so including his own mother 
Including his own mother, yeah. That's why he has a vendetta against her. Uh, forgive me, it's my chair rocking back and forth. But, um, I don't Do a movie on Drago, really? Do we really need an expansion on that? Like, can we have something expanded on Clubber Lang? Or, um... I mean, we can't even do Tommy Gunn because uh, Tommy Morrison is dead from the unfortunate AIDS epidemic that he went through. Uh, it would have been nice to get a little bit further uh, stuff from him. And who is the dude from Rocky Balboa? Uh, Mason the Line Dixon. Yeah. Maybe something on him, although he didn't have the individual charisma that those individuals have like Apollo Creed, Club Lang, Ivan Drago, Tommy Gunn, they all stuck out like sword thumbs. Oh, yeah, because they're oh. all products of its time. Mm-hmm. Especially the 80s when you got like Clever Lang and Ivan Drago. But once you got to Creed 2, I mean I mean Drago is almost like a shell of his former self and and I, I actually did like I like Drago and I was actually rooting for his son to be Creed because I did feel bad for him and his son. So they weren't yeah. your typical. They weren't the typical bad guys that you know that were from Rocky three and four. But the thing is, though, is that Drago did kill Apollo, and after he beat him, he said the line, "If he dies, he dies." dies. Like, come on, that is a little bit fucking cold. It is, yeah. <laughs> like, that's not a, a good thing. Uh, and then, right before his fight with Rocky, fa- says his other famous line, I must break you. Like, he wasn't an endearing character, at least. His wife did more of the trash talking in the film, Bridget Nielsen, but... Ivan was not supposed to be well put it that way. Fair enough, but times change. He's not the same man he once was. But, by the same token, alright, we'll, we'll do a comparison. Cobra Kai, for example. You got uh, Johnny Lawrence. They've at least expanded on his character to show he wasn't a bad person. He just had bad surroundings. Even in Creed 2, they're showing Drago, Ivan Drago, as a vindictive person. Or, uh... <laughs> A person that wants vengeance because he lost the respect of his country, so he wants his son to do to Adonis Creed what he did to Apollo and what he couldn't do to Rocky. So, even in Creed 2, yeah, there's some sympathetic moments where you feel for Victor, but Victor's being used as a pawn by Ivan Drago just so that he can gain respect from Russia again. Yeah, but in the end, when he lost his fight to Creed, Drago... I, Ivan, you know, didn't just turn his back on his son. Not the same way his country turned his back on him. No, but you know, at the end, end you know, he still loved his son, and then, in the, you know, I think like, towards the end, they showed him they were still training together. You know, just continue. You know, you know, get him next time. But depending on Creed three, their mission may still be the same as in Creed two. It's just that they are not going to give up so quickly. Yeah, it still be as spiteful as it as it was in Creed Two. Yeah, I will. And and not only that, here's the other thing. 
uh, to, to add to it, right when you first see Ivan Drago at res Rocky's restaurant, right before he leaves, he looks at a picture of Apollo and says, in a very cold way, that's a nice picture. <laughs> <laughs> I have to watch that movie again, at least that scene. It's been a while. I think oh, the, yeah. the Creed movies are okay. They're good. They're just not Rocky level, but that's... They're, not, they're just not memorable. Yeah, as you mentioned, like the Rocky movies. Rocky movies are memorable, whereas the Creed movies, they're just really good movies. Just, I don't know. Maybe because I don't relate to Creed. Even though I could feel for Adonis Creed, feel for his character, and feel for everything, and be like, yeah, I want to see him triumph. I don't resonate with Adonis Creed as much as I did with Rocky Balboa. So. Yeah, I think that's that, that may be the disconnect with some of the people. You don't relate to those fighters the same way you related to Balboa in the original movies. Yeah. And I always felt like I gained wisdom from Rocky whenever he said something, even though he was meant to be more of a slow person. He always said something memorable to say. And about how hard you hit. About how hard you get hit and keep moving forward. Or better yet, when these. They tell him, uh, don't I have some rights uh, and that piece of paper to go for what makes you happy? That's the pursuit of happiness, but what's your point? Well, I'm trying to pursue something, but nobody seems to be happy about it. Great witty line. Ah, what's yeah. looking out for your interest? Oh, I appreciate that, but it seems like you're looking out for your interest a little bit more. And our final news story, well, I, well not really final, I got two more. Okay. Our next news story is Peacock. Well, Netflix isn't the only app that's losing money. Peacock, in their last quarter, they just lost $467 million. They're just not growing their audience. They're not growing their subscriber numbers. They invested so much shit in WWE. I, I don't know how much original content that app has. I know they had the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air uh, remake they did. And I'm pr I know they got other shit on there. But that's really all I know off the top of my head. I am subscribed to Peacock, but it's just for the WWE stuff. And other than that, they really don't have anything I care to watch. And plus, their app is super fucking glitchy. It's a really glitchy app. Yeah, I'm not on that app enough to really recognize the glitches. I don't have the premium either, so I really have no reason to go on there. Since most of the shit, you have to have the premium to get access to. To be fair, I use the PS4 to watch it. That's where I see more of the glitches. On the phone, they're here and there, but they, they do happen. And the thing with Peacock is, is that they've openly said that they will edit content from the network, the WWE stuff, that they deem offensive. Granted, some of the stuff that WWE did back in the day was offensive. Like, for example, I'll, I'll just use... I don't even know if it's a tame example, but example during the P when they were still PG. Uh, everybody who's a wrestling fan will know from WrestleMania 6, Bad News Brown versus Roddy Piper, they completely edit out the promo that he does where he's painted half black. Mm -hmm. nope. Yeah, that, that's completely erased. I think the match is erased too from the show. I think, didn't he wrestle that match painted half black? Uh, I believe so, yeah. Yeah, that match is not even on the show. They've edited out uh, the DX impersonating the N... Not the NWO, uh, the Nation thing, because X-Pac 
did blackface when he was doing Mark Henry. I can't remember if there was anything else they edited out, but I remember those were the two that came to mind that they edited out. Just like, okay. I wonder if they edited out the, uh, the promo that Harley Race did to Ron Simmons where he used the dreaded C word on him. He said, <laughs> he said something along the lines of, and, and, I, and I'll bleep it out for the sensitive audience. Back in my day, we had bleeps like you carrying my luggage around. And then that's where Ron Simmons attacks him. Because <laughs> I think they were built into Ron Simmons and Vader. He was managing Vader at that time. Yeah, they spent a shit ton of money on WWE. Honestly, they should have just bought the whole damn company. Well, they weren't going to do it if Vince McMahon was in charge. I mean, now maybe, that he's not. Maybe they would. I mean, I think Vince would have been open to it. Mm, I think Nick Khan's way more. Him, if they gave him the right number that he wanted. I don't know. Vince McMahon grew that baby. He wasn't going to sell that baby. That's his baby. He was going to keep holding that baby until he, he croaked. Now, Nick Khan, being part CEO, he may get rid of it and be like, here, you take this fucking thing. I had no intentions of making this my life. Yeah, they're going to make me an offer. An offer I can't refuse. And then this shit is yours. I'm making up you're gonna refuse. And that's that. Um, I know Peacock ha- has a little offer right now for like any new subscribers you can get it for like a discount. And I was actually thinking of getting it. So I'm like, oh, that actually doesn't seem too bad. Anyone that wants Peacock, you know, jump on it now. And I know they have some type of deal going on. And then they also have the Harry Potter movies on there. But it's like, is that gonna entice anybody to want to? purchase a subscription to Peacock. Yeah, they got the Harry Potter. The Harry Potter movies seem to be on that app every other month. Usually they seem to switch. It's like, you go, or you have it for the next two months, and they go back to HBO Max for the next three months, and then there, and then... I don't know. I don't see that. I mean, they do have a fan base, but I don't know if they're going to really go out of their way to see the movies they already saw a hundred times. And it's not like the Fantastic Beasts are that fantastic. Those movies haven't been doing too well, especially the last one. It was very underwhelming. Mm-hmm. Especially with, uh, we already mentioned Ezra Miller. I'm not going back to that. So whatever they're going to do with that. But yeah, they uh, they need to figure something out. $460 million is not something to laugh at. And I bet there's some suits in there that are not fucking happy. Yeah, I know HBO Max has been canceling a lot of shows. We mentioned how the since Warner Brother uh, Discovery, um, you know, they cancel a lot of the DC shows, and you know they're trying to be more tight budget with their shows. If they're not producing numbers they want, they're cutting your ass. And uh, I just mentioned to you before we started this that they're not gonna HBO Max is not gonna focus on any kid friendly shows, any baby shows, any children's shows in general because they feel that's not gonna really. That's not their main priority right now. If they get, you know, things straight, maybe they'll think about it. But for the time being, no bueno. Because I, I don't well, know what, what's the number one HBO Max original show that's out right now. I couldn't tell you. You, you know, they all need that hit. They have, HBO Max hasn't found their hit yet. Peacock definitely hasn't found their hit. It doesn't matter what, what the rating of the show is, whether it's for kids or adults. Just make a good fucking show. Well, that's not, that doesn't seem to be easy to find. Dude, it's like, people think that, oh, if we go adult, it's going to be 
automatically good. Somebody, remember somebody we know, personally used to always bring this example up. Because most people used to complain when WWE first went PG that that was that was where all the issues stemmed from for why the product sucked. It sucked, yeah, that they were now not cursing or anything like that. But being PG doesn't automatically mean it's going to suck. And they used the example back in the nineties. There were two cartoons in particular that came out: Spawn and the Batman animated series. Batman animated series was more of a kid-friendly show. People couldn't kill each other than the other. It was more catered to children. It was on Fox Kids or whatever. Spawn, on the other hand, was more adult, raunchy, and dark and whatever, and had more adult themes attached to it. Who do you, which show do you think is considered a better show or more remembered? I've watched both shows. Spawn was fine. But obviously, it was not the animated series. There you go. It wasn't Batman. Batman the animated series, and it was because it was a well-written show. Sometimes, just being a better-written show is good. Just because it's adult doesn't mean you know, like it's, that's like saying. And again, I'm using this dude as as an example, but I mean, you also said, and this is a great point. It's like saying that Pulp Fiction is the greatest movie ever because of all the violence and all the sex and drugs and all that stuff. But a movie like The Wizard of Oz has no place on Earth in discussion of con- being considered a great movie compared to Pulp Fiction. What? Some movies that are PG, like Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, or um, I'm trying to think of another... PG film. Harry Potter. Potter. I was was trying to go a little bit more old school, but yeah, you can use Harry Potter as an example. Um, E.T., as I was just saying, great fucking movie. Uh, I don't know what Jurassic Park was rated. I think it was rated PG-13, but... Yeah, PG-13. Oh, here's... Okay, I've come up with the best example right here because we review both of these movies on this fucking show which Mortal Kombat movie do most of you prefer the 1995 version or the 2021 version well I think the 90s version the 90s version and guess what the one that came out in 2021 was rated R and had all the violence that you all wanted and all the fatalities and all the blood but the 1995 one was rated PG-13 where they were way more limited to what they can do why was the 1995 version better? Obviously, it couldn't be the violence because the 2021 version was way more violent. Maybe it had something to do with the fact that it was well-written, better-written, and paid more respect to those characters. And and it could be a nostalgia thing, too. Dude, even when the movie first came out, people were still, at least, who were fans of the product, uh, Mortal Kombat, were praising it. Not yeah. overwhelming. It wasn't like Dark Knight overwhelming, but it was at least it was positive. It was, it was a crowd pleaser. Yes, as opposed to the 2021 version. Granted, I'm speaking anecdotally. I didn't see many people praising that movie. I saw many people writing video essays of how that movie did a disservice to the franchise. I, I it was a mixed bag. Definitely, I would agree with that. That it was a mixed bag. Yeah, it, I don't people know. liked it for the violence, but it, that seems that the violence the R rating was a selling was really the main selling point for the movie. 
Yeah, but otherwise, it was almost like so much dumb shit. The addition of an original character that was not needed in Cole Young, killing off Kung Lao was not needed, having a reptilian character that was reptile, but maybe was reptile, but we're not sure if it was reptile in the freaking movie, having all this happen before the tournament, killing off Goro. Uh, I mean, at least in the first movie, Goro kicked some ass before he fucking got defeated, even if it was flawless victory. Here, he didn't even get a chance. I don't even think he had a chance to kill anybody, and he got killed off. Yeah, that was my biggest takeaway. I'm like, he's now finally, we get some Goro fatality. He can fucking rip someone's arms off with his forearms. He can rip off all their limbs, and no, he doesn't. That's it. No, he just loses to the original character that they had to come up with. And, and don't give me that crap that doesn't matter, because everybody bitched and complained about Resident Evil with the Alice character always having to overcome every odd and taken away from all the other characters. Cole yeah, Young is... Alice had no Yeah, Cole Young is the same exact thing. He's taken away from all the other characters that are more prominent characters like Liu Kang and Kung Lao, Jax, Sonya Blade... And I'm going to assume he's going to take away from Johnny Cage as well. Well, we'll just have to wait and see with that film. And and back to our, I mean, to our original conversation, yeah. Peacock and uh, HBO Max, they need to find their big hit. They need to find their Stranger Things. Their Squid Game. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah, good luck. And our last story is, uh, well, we've had more celebrity deaths this week. Um, we lost actress Mary Alice. Um, for those that watched the Matrix films, the Oracle, the, the like the wise older woman. I mean, she was played by different actors in the first two films, but then once they got to Resurrection or the third one, they had to replace her because that actress died, and then they replaced it with this actress, Mary Alice, and she was uh, she was on a, she was a star in a different world. She was a sitcom. And uh, she uh, passed away. And I know she was um, uh, a very well-respected actress in the black community. I know Vi- Viola Davis looked up to her. Another star that died was actor Tony Dow. He was in the original uh, Leave It to Beaver black and white sitcom series. He paid, He played Wally Cleaver. He passed away. He was 77 years old. And the big one that passed away was actor Paul Savino. Paulie from Goodfellas. He also played uh, the Capulet head in um, Romeo and Juliet, the modern-day version with Leonardo DiCaprio and Claire Danes. That's right. He was in that movie. I forgot. I know yeah. he he was Lips Manling in uh, Dick Tracy, small role. I know he has. A, I know he. I know he has a daughter, Myra Servino. She did that film, Rumi and Michelle's High School Reunion, with that other girl from Friends. Yeah, I, lo- I loved his scene with um, Ray Liotta, um, where Ray Liotta went up to him, tell him, you know, because he told him, do not get involved in drugs. Stay away from that stuff. I want no involvement. And of course, Henry Hill got involved. Uh, the police raided his house and his wife flushed the drugs all, you know, in the toilet and he had no money. And he had no choice but to go to Paulie. And Paulie, you know, gave him like a shitload of cash from his pocket. But he told him, you know, but now I got to let you go. Hmm. It was, it was a very, it was a great scene. I mean, you know, Henry Hill, he's sitting there crying because he knows, like, that's it for me. You know, I'm done. I fucked up. Yeah. And then ended up uh, turning him over to the police anyways. Yep, and he became a rat and he turned over everyone involved. Yep. 
just yeah, just to save save his ass, save his wife, save his family. So, and the last actor on this list is actor David Warner. Um, I mentioned to you he was in Titanic. He was uh, Billy Zane's kind of like his uh, right hand yep. guy. Love, love joy. That was his name. Well. Mm-hmm. He was, um, it's crazy. He, he was in Star Trek. Um, we would just mention Batman the Anime series. He always, he voiced Ra's al Ghul on that show. Mm. Detective, when he always called Batman Detective. Yeah. I really, I really liked him as, as uh, Raz. But I, I wonder if he did the voice for him in uh, Arkham City. I'm not sure. I couldn't tell you. Because they were able to get Mark Hamill to reprise his role as uh, Joker, so... Makes me wonder, did they get him to do the role for Roz? I love I loved the voice cast they got for the uh, animated series. They got so many uh, talented actors who do all those characters. Uh, right, uh, the Batman. Bat- yeah, um, Kevin Conroy, the uh, Batman. I'm pretty sure he's done vo- voice for the, some of the games as well. Yeah, he did Batman for the Arkham games. Roddy McDowell, he voiced the Mad Hatter. But um, uh, I, I actually forgot about this, that David Warner was the original choice for Freddy Krueger. Yeah, I think you were telling me that uh, when it was announced he passed away, and I was like, holy shit, what a contrast from Robert yeah. England. To the- yeah, they had him in the, the test makeup. He was also in the movie Tron. Anyone who likes that movie, I never cared for that film. Tron, I thought it was pretty boring. But yeah, David Warner's been around. He was in the original Omen, of course. So with the uh, the makeup, it could have been a difference of what they used. Because uh, what is it? Buddy Epson was supposed to be the Tin Man, and he couldn't perform the role because they used some sort of weird substance for the makeup, and he was allergic to it. He got like allergic reaction, yeah. And apparently, it fucked him up for the rest of his life. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's crazy. Could have been that. I could just see it now, David Warner. If he would have done, if he would have been picked to be Freddy Krueger, all the fucking puns coming from him <laughs> instead of Robert England, like he's the one committing all the fucking puns. Like you could check it, but you can't check out. Or uh, I hear try here saying in his British in his British accent, "Bon appetit, bitch." <laughs> <laughs> I believe. Even wizards. <laughs> I dare better not to dream and try. Bon appetit, detective. And, and would he be able to say bitch or would he, he say cunts? Because, you know, it's... <laughs> you bloody cunts. You bloody... Well, yeah, that's my last news story. Okie dokie. Well, no top ten for this week, so we're just going to go straight into this film that you chose. And you're better explain to me how the hell did you find this movie? It is called The Fear. It is an hour and 42 minutes. It came out in 1995. It stars no names I'm familiar with except Wes Craven as Dr. Arnold. I was doing research. How the hell did this happen? What's the connection here? And I got nothing. And the only other act, but I did find a connection between this film and Harry Potter. One of the actresses, uh, is it Anne? Yeah, Anne Turkle, who plays Leslie. She was the one she, who said in the movie her biggest fear is that she doesn't want to get old. She's married to Sir Richard Harris, who played the original Dumbledore. Oh, yeah, and he 
passed away in 2002, so he only did the first two films. Yeah, so he was he was only part of the PG era of Harry Potter. Yeah, because he died short, either shortly before or shortly after Chamber of Secrets release, so they had to get another guy. And nothing against... Uh, who, who's the guy that replaced him? I know, that actor that replaced him said this is the second time he's replaced him in a role. Because the original guy I liked better because I liked the way he did the voice for Dumbledore. It sounded soft. So I preferred that voice over the one that the new guy gave. Michael Gam- Gambin. Yeah. He so, was the replacement. He was fine, but I I preferred the original. Richard Harris I thought was a, a perfect Dumbledore. Just his soft spoken voice and all that stuff. But What, what was the question you asked me earlier? Um... How the hell did you discover this film? There is an underground hip-hop artist that I listen to. His name is Isham. Yeah, in case none of you know who Isham is, he basically is a Detroit underground rapper. But he's a very well-respected one because even though he's not mainstream, he inspired a lot of the rappers or artists that you know today that are famous in the three that come to mind that he inspired that became big acts are the insane clown posse he inspired kid rock and probably the most famous eminem like these three are synonymous with detroit music and they all got their inspiration from isham so getting back to what the point isham has the main theme song of this movie called the the fear of morty's theme in fact it plays right at the credit scene so for years, I heard the song, and I've seen the music video that Isham did for it, and, and found out that it was part of the soundtrack to this movie called The Fear. And he actually, in his music video, uses some clips here, and some of the clips are original clips for his music video. But for years, I'd always been intrigued on watching the movie just because, hey, Isham did a song for this movie. That's the uh, naivete in The Kid in Me. Being like, wow, Isham, who's never really asked to put music into their movies because he's so underground. Nobody knows who he is. The fact that somebody went out of their way to say, hey, do this song for this movie, it always intrigued me. So when I found out that this movie was accessible via a video streaming platform, I was like, eh, I guess now would be the perfect time to give it a shot. Not only did they discover him, but they some. They somehow freaking got Wes Craven to do a little yeah. Mickey part for this. And again, I, try, I was trying to find what the hell's the connection here. Is he, are they like a distant relative of Wes Craven? Do they know a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy who knows Wes Craven? Uh, nothing. Knows a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy who knows this guy's cousin. Yeah, right. Uh, no cousin. Yeah. So, I mean... From the way it seems, it seems like you despise the film. I was not a fan. Neither was I, but I did not hate it. I just didn't. It's the I feel empty feeling after you watch a film. Like, you didn't really watch a film. You just you just watched whatever the hell you watched. Yeah. Uh, long story short, it's about a, co- a group of college uh, friends... They spend the weekend at some cabin or a cottage, whatever, because one of their friends is doing a psychological experiment on fear therapy. And once they get to this cabin, they find like this human-sized uh, wooden figure, and his name is Morty. 
and Morty triggers everyone's deepest and darkest secrets and emotions and uses their fears to tear them apart. Eh. Yeah, the, the, the look of Morty, he looked so fucking stupid. It was just like, really? Like, you can literally tell from the moment that they discover him that it's just a human in costume. It's not really a, a doll or whatever the hell it's supposed to be or a mannequin that was made by uh, wood or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah, yeah human but, wearing a rubber suit. Yeah, it's just a man in what looks to be a tree sack, you know? And literally... Alright, the one thing the movie got right was that it didn't, like, blast it right in your face, the the the, 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 the chase scene. But there really was a chase scene in this film. It was... Here's how it went. So you've got these people. They're in a house, and they explain their fears. you got Leslie, who's afraid of water. Uh, Richard's that was, afraid that was of... was ridiculous. Richard was afraid of commitment. The one white dude with the uh, Jamaican hairstyle... He's afraid of bugs. Uh, trying to remember all, all their other fears. I think this, the, this was my problem with the movie. There was just too many characters. And I couldn't really keep track of who was afraid of water. I just remember one girl was afraid of water. Uh, and another girl, um, Dumbledore's wife, was afraid of getting old. Yeah, because she was already 50 by the time she did this film. Yeah. Yeah, and then she had a boyfriend who you later find out because in the first scene, it alludes to the fact that, or one of the first scenes, that he's a rapist or whatever. And on top of that, the whole movie is centered around the fact that Richard went through a very traumatic experience when he was younger. So, skipping along here. Though, the main plot point is that Richard, as a child, saw his mother sleeping with another man that was not his dad and she gets mad and throws things at him to leave well he gets hit and starts bleeding and calls for his dad and his dad catches her in the act and that's when his dad kills her the dad blames him it's all his fault he feels like he was responsible for everybody's death but the thing is, he never knew who she slept with. Come to find out, it's the uncle who's in the Santa outfit who's been staying with them that whole time. What was his reason for staying with them? His house was under repairs or some shit? Yeah, he had some sort of, like, problem in his house. And he was like, no, oh, I just need to stay for a weekend or some shit. And he had a younger woman who was, that was the one that was afraid of water. And she didn't really play any significant role. She, there's one part where she's trying to get into a pool. No, no, it was a jacuzzi. It was a, it was a hot tub. It was a hot tub, jacuzzi, whatever the fuck it was. And she couldn't do it. And then she finally gets the balls to do it. And then Morty, the, the doll, appears in there somehow. So, there's a lot of things that happen in this film that it's just like, okay, it happens, but it doesn't lead into anything. For example, the dude with the Jamaican hair who's supposed to be the best friends of Richard, he makes out with his girlfriend because his girlfriend does not like the fact that he's not committing to their relationship. He's always doing this feud therapy shit. So he makes out with her, and at first she's receptive, but like two seconds later she's not, because she's like, I don't want to do this. 
they don't really touch up on this ever again. No, There's no point Richard finds out and then he's conflicted on being friends with them. Or they have like a big fight. It's just he ends up in a forest with um, the girl who doesn't like to age and just gets bashed over the head. Oh yeah, come to find out that the old woman is the father of that dude with the Jamaican hair who's afraid of bugs. That was freaking weird. It's like it had all these plot twists and points, but it never led anywhere. It, there was no rhyme or reason. They were just there. Yeah, this film had the chance to really do a lot of fun stuff with everybody's fears, and it just, all of it fell flat for me. The water, and yet the one they chose to really focus on the most, I guess outside of Richard, was a freaking girl who was afraid of water. Yeah, and it was too comical to even take seriously. Yeah, just that whole setup scene with the hot tub. It's like, get, it's like, dude, just get, dude, just dude, just get in the tub. He's not, one part of you, he's not asking you to get into a 15-foot pool where you can drown. You can't drown in a hot tub. The other part that was really ridiculous was the part where um, they're at the uncle's little thing. I, it's like a Christmas. I don't know if it's a store, but it's like a Playland type of deal. Hey, why, why was he dressed as Santa anyway? I guess that's what he does for a living. He dresses as Santa. But why he was dressed as Santa in that gathering then? Yeah, in, the, in a gathering of college students, that was just weird. I... <laughs> wow, I guess come to find out he was a sleazeball anyway, so it didn't matter. But there's one part in particular where one of the couples, they get separated, and she thinks she hears him on one of those little trains that, if you remember those little, uh, it was like a motor train that these kids can go on. You pay like $2, you put your kid on the train, and it goes around in like a weird circle or whatever for the little kids kind of like a little ride but it's like made for adult like toddlers and stuff like that and in this particular case i guess it was made more for kids or or adolescents she hops on the train and the train is going in like a weird direction and she's like stop this train stop this train but the train isn't even moving that fast so it's like if she wanted to hop out at any time she could fucking hop out but she's like crying to stop this train and of all places when she's screaming to stop this train she's in an outdoor area but the train finally stops inside a tunnel which is where she decides to get out in the most creepiest areas it's like fuck and then and she she ends up getting raped by um, by this guy mm-hmm. and then it turns out they had some i think the older woman or one of them had money that he wanted and then he ends up going to the house I, I think he stole one of their cars goes to the house tries to retrieve the money it was locked in a cellar and then the wooden morty slams the cellar door in his head like three times and kills him yeah very anticlimactic. yeah and, and then her boyfriend or husband or whatever the the one that gets raped he just disappears and nobody questions where he is or anything like that and we come to find out he gets killed at that playland later on it's like nobody questioned his whereabouts nobody said where is he nothing nobody questioned anyone's whereabouts it seems like it's like you die and then you're never touched upon again well you die off camera and nobody questions where you are and then you just show up dead yeah, yeah, the one boyfriend which is, was back at the, uh, whatever, where, this clown, wherever the fuck they were hanging out at. Yeah. And then he was just on the wall, 
I guess in like in a cross pose, dead. And the dude Jamaican here, I guess he died from getting bashed in the head with a stick once. How did the uncle die? Did he get shot? So what happened was he, the uncle, when it was revealed that the uncle was the one that slept with his mother, <clears throat> he and uh, Richard were about to have a standoff, but then Morty was there, and Morty basically took the gun that was in his hand and forced him to shoot himself in the mouth. Okay. I mean, at least that one was super clear. But what happened to the older one, the one that didn't want to get old? What happened to her? She was chasing her son, the dread dreadlocks guy in the woods. But yeah. she she was like laying on the ground, and then when she went up to his body, it wasn't his it wasn't his body. It was Morty, the, the wooden. Uh, guy. And then uh, she like, <gasps> yeah, and then she just aged almost, I guess, into dust. But she just aged, and then died. Or at least, or at least it was assumed that she died from just getting old age, and then we never see her again. Yeah, this is the ones that survived were Richard, his girlfriend, and the girl that was afraid of water. For whatever reason, they had to save her. <laughs> whatever reason, they kept her alive. I don't know. Strange. It's what? it's almost just the, the the selection of survivors that they picked was just. I mean, Richard wasn't a surprise. Even his girlfriend wasn't surprised, but the girl who, who was afraid of water, that was as surprising as the survivors in Jason X. Like, the, the, the Lexa Toy character, yeah, she needed to survive, but the two other two that survived with her is some random dude that and, and his robot. Yeah, random nerd scientist dude and his sex slave robot. Yeah, seriously, uh, it was weird, but yeah. Didn't one of the girls get possessed by Morty and was trying to attack Richard? Yeah, it was the uh, the girl that got raped. What what was her fear? I don't remember. I remember they did a scene when they were like in the porch in the backyard or the deck, whatever. And he mm -hmm. was and he was like had her like in his hypnotic phase, and she started drawing on this pad similar to like Evil Dead of this face, and I guess it was supposed to be Morty or some shit. And not only that, like, there was one point where she was hitting on the uh, girl that was afraid to get old's boyfriend, and then uh, the guy's like, what the fuck's going on here? And then the next time he tries to reciprocate, she's like, nah, I don't want it. It's like, was she hypnotized at the moment? Like, I don't know. I don't know. They... Again, this movie had potential. It wasn't until when they all wanted to have sex with each other. They all start flirting with each other. It was a lot was going on. There were, as I mentioned, to me there was just too many characters. I forgot who was dating who, who was supposed to be with who, who fears what. It was, it was just a jumbled mess for me. And the way the movie ends is like Morty grabs the girlfriend of Richard, and Richard's just like, "It's okay, it's okay, I'm free," or whatever. And Richard or Morty just looks at him. They hold hands, and then Morty goes underwater. Yeah, why the hell did Morty go to the water? Who the fuck knows? It was weird, it, and there was no symbolism whatsoever. Nothing. The next time you see Richard, he's in the doctor's office, played by Wes Craven. Where, because Wes Craven had left him uh, an object for symbolism, like a jigsaw uh, globe. Which broke because he used it to smash it over somebody's head. And that's when uh, 
one of the kids gets lost in the forest and sees Morty and asks the question, are you a good guy or are you a bad guy? And Morty just kind of like stares. And that's when the credits play and plays the Morty theme from Esham. Yeah, that uh, end credit, that ending scene confused me. What, like, they, of course, they got a tease to another movie, which this film does have a sequel. The Fear 2. The Fear 2, Halloween, and well, the, yeah, the big theme for the sequel is Halloween. The Fear 2, Halloween Night, or The Fear Resurrection has two different titles going for it. I see. And from the looks of it, none of the original actors come back. Probably because most of them died. Jesus Christ, they got Betsy Palmer for this fucking film? Oh, fuck. Wow. And the only other actress I recognize from this list is Emmanuel Vaugier. She's a... I'm assuming this was shot in Canada. Because she's a Canadian actress. She was in Saw 2. She's done uh, a lot of TV Canadian shows. So, uh... She's the only other name I recognize out of this list. I assume you're not gonna wanna watch the scene. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't even think it's on Tubi. Well, funny you mentioned that because I saw a film. Uh, what is it? You you may people also search for, and there's a movie that I just found called Hacko Lantern, which is on Tubi. Oh my god! And it's and it looks like one of the photos. I can't tell if it's really him or not. Oh, looked like Rick Moranis, but I don't think that was Rick Moranis. Yeah, Rick Moranis is gonna do Hollow what? Hollow Wicked? No, Hacko Lantern. Hacko, I was way off. Hacko Lantern. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna come out of retirement for that. This was filmed in '88. Oh yeah, sorry, I, I can't do Honey I Shrunk the Kids. I'm gonna do Hacko Lantern instead. I mean, he fucking did Spaceballs. Why can't he do Hack-O-Lantern? Well, because Spaceballs had Mel Brooks. Yeah, and Hack-O-Lantern has Katina Garner, High Pike, Gregory Scott Cummins. Hey, sounds like an all sounds like an all-star cast. Do you really need an all-star cast to have Rick Moranis? Hey, the director of uh, The Fear 2 is Chris Angel. The Chris Angel? Chris, I'm not the magician angel. Oh. Some so, so similar to Chris, I'm not the discoverer of Columbus. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I'm assuming your thumbs are down for this one. Yes. Yeah, like, mine are down. Just, I got nothing out of this. That's basically it. I got nothing. Like, I don't know where to put my thumbs. Like, for me to put thumbs down, it has to be something that really, like, invoked a reaction. I mean, I guess I'll put thumbs down just because it didn't... It's just not way down. Because it didn't really invoke that much of a reaction. That's the thing. It's it's down... Basically what you say, it's down for me because I got nothing out of this. Me, I, I, I just watch... I watch nothing. I will say this. It didn't feel long. I'll give it that. Uh, I would argue that. Maybe for me, at least. Because I, I was getting bored. I was just getting bored with it. And I'm like, all right, come on. Let's end this. I don't know. I did, Even I was bored with it. And I didn't feel it was that long. It didn't feel that long. At 
least. I mean, it's, it's 100 minutes. I would have wished it was under 90. I think it was because it didn't follow the trope of, like, within the first 15 minutes, we're already starting the hot, the, the chase, the, the horror it, part. It wasn't until, like, an hour into the movie where someone, something actually happened. That's probably why I didn't feel it took long, because I prefer horror movies to be like that. Build up the characters that I'm about to witness horrible shit happening to so that I can feel an emotion when they die. Whereas opposed to like, don't get me wrong, I do like movies that are just hack and slashes. But it's gotta, I have to feel in a mood for them. Whereas like, if I want a quality horror film, like if I'm expecting a quality horror film, that's what I want, is to build these characters up before the bad shit happens to them. But for me, for that to work, I need to, I need to have some sort of investment in these characters, and I have zero investment in any of these characters and anything that I have in this movie. That's a different problem entirely. But it's uh, again, at least it didn't splash me in the face with horror right away, like uh, that movie Thirty One that we reviewed. Hell yeah, your favorite. Yeah, my favorite. <sighs> yeah, well, that's your fault. You you forced us to have to review Rob Zombie films. Well, we've seen all, we've reviewed his entire filmography, and not not including the monsters. Yeah. And I'm afraid of us having to review that shit. Yeah. <laughs> but with this film, no bueno with me. Skip it. Waste of time. You're not gonna get anything out of it. Honestly, part of me kind of wishes it kind of was a slasher. Just so I would at least get something out of this. Yeah, it's not really a slasher. It's not really any memorable kills. Yeah, no kills. That's what I'm saying. Everything just fell flat here. Every time, you, every time you felt like maybe we could get something, it happens off screen. Or when it happens, it just cuts to the next scene. It's supposed to be considered a psychological horror film. But... Yeah, psychological these nuts. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, I got your second eyes right here. And um, that's that's really all I gotta say about this movie. Any final thoughts? Say it yeah. out. I wrap this up. All right. So, if you fear of wasting your time, watch the fear. I noticed this film was restored by Vinegard Syndrome. They also restored Star Time. I mean, the quality of the movie was good. I mean, they did a good job restoring it uh, in high definition. Well, yeah, it's a film that came out in 1995, so... I mean, and if I was to say one good thing about this film, like, they shot the night scenes very well. It was very well lit. Usually, with Suburban Sasquatch, they would do the day for night, and they'll add, like, this night filter tint to the screen, try to give it that night effect, and it just looks sloppy. Mm Mm-hmm. But this film, at least they did a good job lighting up the night scenes when they were like running in the woods. So like, you could still see, you know, what was going on. And some of the editing was a bit was a bit all all over the place with me. Like when that one girl was possessed and she was going after uh, this guy. And I think he like kicked her off of the off of the roof. No, off of like the top porch. And, and she like fell to her death. Just, just the yeah. way that was edited and shot, it just, like, blah. I didn't like it. Yeah. Nothing here was memorable, as I said. I think that's going to do it for episode 98. 
coming up next, we got one of your favorite personal favorites. We're gonna get, we're actually gonna get a good indie film on here, and that is Cube. Which I'm surprised. I thought we did review this film, but said no. So no, I don't. Uh, Cube. We never did Cube. But we're okay. gonna do it. And if the other two sequels are on there, I mean that's gonna be wrong. I would say maybe we could try to do a, uh, a triple a trifecta. I have seen the other two too. So oh, you so you've seen all three? I have seen all three. Yes. Okay, so if the other two are on there, I, I would consider doing all three, but for sure we're going to do the first one. Yeah, the second one was called Hypercube, and the uh, third one was called Cube Zero. Hypercube currently is available on YouTube for free, Pluto TV, Tubi, and then uh, Cube Zero is available on Pluto T and Tubi, so yeah, I think they're all available. All right, well, there we go. Coming up next, we got the Cube Trilogy. Wow, we're going to do it all in one lump sum. We may not even need uh, news or top tens, just review all three of these films. Yeah, yeah, yep. And I'll, yeah, I'll watch these films throughout the week. Okie dokie. So, guys, yeah, that's going to conclude. That'll be episode 99. That's going to be our first one. We already did, three, I think, three films in one sitting. Yeah. So that should be fun. Yeah, sir. All right. So that's going to do it for this episode. From Monoxide, I'm Terminator Travis. Keep your fears to yourself. And Morty's coming on your face. <laughs> <laughs>